You have been made with a purpose and given specific gifts to accomplish your mission. This is Requip. Stay tuned to gain insights to prepare, equip, and empower you to do the work of ministry. Welcome back to Requip Ministries Podcast. Glad for you to be with us. We're continuing to talk about a mind reset because I really believe what the Bible is telling us that we have the opportunity of freedom. And one of those ways and the ways that God has given us is to reset our mind and to renew our mind. And we do that by thinking the right things, by, in this case, putting on the armor of God. And that means believe you have all the things that Jesus says you have. And if you haven't subscribed, I just highly encourage you and ask that you would do that. That's one way that you can support. It helps us get the message out and it helps you also get the latest podcast as it comes out. And, you know, if you have some time, like three seconds, go ahead and also give us a five-star review. Greatly appreciate it. And we're excited to just dive right into this. And we're continuing to talk about having a mind reset because we've come to see in the scriptures that God has given us a way to be free. You know, he set us free by dying on the cross and and raising again on the third day. And he, he set us free from the punishment and the penalty of sin. But guess what? You're still in the bondage of sin if you don't renew your mind. And that's what he tells us to do in many places. One of the most clear places is in Romans chapter 12, verse two, where he says, renew your mind. And he he tells us that's how you're really set free. And he goes on to talk about, this is really your spiritual act of worship. And this is how you are able to give over your body that was once used for sin, but now is used for the spirit and is used for God for his purposes, which brings us you the most fulfilling joy. But you gotta have a mind reset. You have to renew your mind. You have to retrain your mind. We have so many messages and things that come into our mind. We're constantly ingesting information that is false or even worse, partially false. And it gives us a false view of who we are. So we have to renew our mind. That's just something we have to do. And we're gonna close out our series on the armor of God. Within our kind of larger section, we've been talking about on a mind reset. We've been talking about the armor of God found in Ephesians chapter six. And in there, Paul, you know, he's he's in prison or he'd been in prison and he's looking at, a Roman guard and he's remembering what he looked like. And he, he's saying, you know, he, he has some of the best equipment around. Like we don't have that, but the Romans, they are the most superior fighting force on the planet. I want to use their weaponry, their armament, the things that they have on as sort of a correlation. So you can learn what it is like that Jesus has already given you the armor of God. And, and one of the first things that we realize is, man, you, you just got to put it on. You got to put it on. You got to realize that you have it. And that, that is a mental thing. That is a recognition that you know, I am protected. Uh, I have defensive and offensive weapons. I have this because we don't live in a neutral environment in case you've been very misled. 
We don't live in a secular or neutral environment. We live in a very hostile day. But now we're going to spend some time and talk about going on the offense. So I want to set up the big idea here is that we need to get you in a position in order to advance. So the first point we want to talk about here is to take up an active defense. We are told to take up in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16 and 17, talks about the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. Verse 16 reads this, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take up the helmet of salvation. You know, and just in thinking about times when you just take on, uh, uh, where you get defensive, where you, you take that type of mindset and you're the victim and, and things are happening to you. Uh, it reminds me of uh, my mom, honestly. Uh, my mom, sadly, just a, a few months ago, not too long ago, she passed away. And, and I want to say that she battled with alcohol, but I really have no evidence to say it was much of a battle. I, I think it was more like a refuge for her, hiding behind so much pain and unforgiveness and regret. Alcohol promised to protect her, but it only weakened her. And the lie is, if we just mask the pain, if we just hide it, then we don't have to think about it. And I saw my mom just deteriorate over the years from somebody that I didn't even recognize Somebody, it just wasn't the woman that I remember when I was a child and we would just talk and we would have great fellowship and relationship and she would, we would go to church together and we would just, I just remember just having a good relationship with her and just, she turned into a bitter woman and a, a woman that was just drowned in her sorrows and pain and then uh, became defensive about things and then and then lashed out at people and, and was self-sabotaging in so many ways. But don't you just love those stories where people take the things that could have shut them down, the things, things that they could have been defensive about, and they actually went on the offense, but in a healthy way. I, one, of my, one of the shows I love is America's Got Talent. And uh, particularly, I love to go back and watch the YouTube videos, especially the ones where they're like, these are the golden buzzers. And if you're unfamiliar with the golden buzzer, this is where they get to hit this button and then gold flakes fall from the sky and, and they're cheering. And this is a time where they can go directly to the live show. So they're auditioning and then they just go right to the live show. And so this is an amazing achievement. So I just love watching those because they're the most unforgettable. And it's those times where it's usually people, you're like, I never would have guessed it. I never would have guessed that they would be able to do what they're doing. And one in particular I remember was uh, this person named Ketchy and she was a burn victim. And she was just marred from, uh, you know, just head to toe. And you could see in, in the first time she went out there, she was uh, nervous. You know, she'd probably been 
looked at her whole life after the accident and just uh, self-conscious about everything, but she decided to go on the offense. She decided with the very thing that she was the most defensive about to go and display it. And after she sang, the crowd goes absolutely crazy because she was amazing. There she is, disfigured, hand bandaged up, burn scars covering her face and her body. But she had her hair done up. She put on a sparkling dress. The crowd goes absolutely bananas when she finishes. It's insane. It was a foregone conclusion, and she was going to go through, no doubt. But Simon Cowell said this, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't really like it that much. And the crowd is booing like, what are you kidding me? You are the meanest, most evil man ever. But then he said, I loved it. And then he reaches over, hits the golden buzzer. She's crying. Everybody's crying. It's insane. And then there's one other one that is stuck out to me. And this just happened this past, uh, I believe it was just last year. Uh, This person named Jane, or she goes by Nightbird. Maybe you've heard of her. She has now just gone viral all over social media. She's, She's on talk shows and the news and everything like that. But she went out there. And she is kind of frail looking. She's, she is, looks somewhat healthy. You wouldn't really know, but she is very thin. And um, she sang a song and she said, well, this is a song I wrote and it's called It's Okay. They asked, well, what's wrong? She's like, well, I'm okay. Um, just not necessarily in every way. And they're like, what do you mean? And the judges are having this discourse and talking back and forth. And she says, well, i I've been battling through cancer and you know it's throughout um, my lungs my spine and my liver and just throughout my whole body and this everybody is just stunned like are you kidding me and you're out here gonna sing you're you've gone through all of that And I just love, I mean, she had so many amazing quotes where you can see the heart and the thing that that I believe that God's been working in her and through her. And Howie Mandel, one of the judges, and he says, so you're, you're not okay. And she says, no, not in every way. I'm so much more than the bad things that happened to me. Then she says, it's okay. We are all a little lost sometimes. You can't wait until life isn't hard anymore, until you decide you're going to be happy. And, and that's our instinct is to tell us to hide our hurts and our pains and our failures and our, the embarrassing things that happen. Instinct is another way of saying this is how our natural bodies work. It's sort of self-preservation. But the kingdom of God is the exact opposite. But to overcome the shame, we have to go supernatural. So I want to talk about faith and salvation. And notice the helmet is guarding your mind. That is so critical. It's guarding your mind. And the shield of faith protects against attacks. 
This because we must dwell on our salvation constantly. We have to keep thinking about it. We have to keep reminding ourselves. We, we're just locked in and we remember all the things that God's done for us. Jesus died for me. Jesus loves me. He saw me at my very worst and he came after me and he said, I'm gonna take the punishment for that person. Salvation is not just that one thing you did once. Even in the book of Revelation, Revelation 12, verse 11, it says, we conquer by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. In 1 Corinthians 127, it tells us that, but God shows the foolish things in the world to shame the wise. God shows the weak things in this world to shame the strong. We need to take up an act of defense. Satan will attack through many areas. Ultimately, his power is getting you to buy it. Just like the analogy Paul gives where the soldier is putting on the shield of faith to protect against flaming arrows. He is being honest with you because you will be hit. You will be attacked. But you don't have to be hit like everyone else because the flames go out when you let it be extinguished by the shield of faith. And John 16, says, in this world, you will have trouble, Jesus is telling you. You will. This life isn't gonna be good. It's not like you, you come to trust in Jesus and everything goes well. It doesn't. And Jesus promises you that. But he says, you got the shield of faith. It's gonna extinguish those arrows. It'll go out. It'll go away eventually. This is the reality we have to know. Life isn't easy. And following Jesus really isn't easy, but it's worth it. So we need to learn how to go on the offense. Second point is that we need to send up direct attacks. Verse 17 and 20 tell us that we have this sword of the spirit. And it says, and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me to open up my mouth, to boldly proclaim the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains." that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So I wanna give you some ammunition as we're beginning to close this out. We're nearing the end. I wanna give you some tools. I wanna give you the only offensive weapon you have, which is the word of God. John chapter 15, verse seven says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. You notice that? He said, Remain in me and, he didn't say or, he said, and my words remain in you. You gotta get God's words in you. You gotta stay in his word. You, you have to study the Bible. You have to memorize some scriptures. So I wanna give you some things here to help. I'm gonna focus on a few, I think, key areas that really hinder a lot of people. The first one is shame. Here's a verse on shame, Romans 10, 11. Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. You're feeling shameful? You can just send that verse up and say, no, I don't believe that lie. 
anyone who believes in his name will never be put to shame. Maybe you're battling with fear. Isaiah 35 verse four says, say to those who are fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. That's a promise. Send that up. Pray that. Memorize that. Speak that out loud. Maybe you're battling with anxiety. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you for I am your God. I will strengthen you, surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And the third point and the final point, God is working for you to answer your prayers. Maybe it seems like you're praying and it's like, but nothing's happening. It feels like I'm still having this pressure. I'm still having these thoughts. I'm still having all these issues. Daniel chapter 10, he gives us some insight. He gives us sort of behind the scenes. He pulls the curtain back and he tells us kind of what's going on in the spiritual realm. And Daniel was given many visions. If you've ever read the book of Daniel, that's kind of what he was given. He can interpret dreams and visions. And he was troubled by them. Like they were just, they bothered him. He was working for a secular government. But Daniel was able to see how bad things were really going on in the spiritual world. This was a very successful government. This was the kingdom uh, you know, that was sort of over everyone at the time. This was the superpower of the day. Maybe this is striking a nerve and sounding a bit familiar with our present time, but Daniel began to pray. And he tried to repent on behalf of his people because he remembered, and he remembered the scriptures from Jeremiah, and he was, well, if we repent, if we turn to God, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to repent on behalf of my people, then God's going to hear that, and he's going to turn things around. And he must have thought, nothing is happening. I'm praying, but God's not answering. Usually, I notice God answering. He's like, I'm, I'm not noticing that. God, do you even hear me? He must have been thinking. Where are you, God? Do you see what's happening right now? Then Daniel gets a behind the scenes understanding of what's really going on. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. And then he said to me, so the Lord comes to him and then an angel comes to him. Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words have been heard. And I have come because of your words. So he's saying, you've been praying a long time and, and, and your heart has been turned and you, man, I just want to repent on behalf of my people and I want to start praying. And he's saying, I heard you right away. As soon as your heart began to turn, I, I, I turned towards you. As soon as you began to pray, I, I heard you. I was listening. You didn't think I was listening, but I was listening But then he gives some understanding of what's really going behind the scenes. And he says, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there 
with the king of Persia. He's basically saying, remember how the Bible tells us, and it's even here in Ephesians chapter six and verse 12, and he tells us that, you know, you remember, you don't fight against flesh and blood, but but you fight and you struggle against powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces and against evil in the heavenly realms. You know, you're, you're fighting against rulers and authorities and powers in this dark world. It's not the physical world that you're praying against. It's not the physical world, but there's something spiritual going on. And we get behind the scenes and he's saying, yeah, there was a message being sent to you, but it was delayed. It didn't quite get to you because there was a spiritual battle and struggle going on because your prayers were working. You didn't see that they were working, but they were working. And then I've come, as he's saying, I've come to tell you what's really happening. In the subsequent verses, he then explains what was really going on in the spiritual. But I think that just begins to illuminate, man, if, if you've been struggling, you've been praying, it seems like nothing's happening, just keep doing it. Just keep sending up prayers, keep meditating on his scripture, say in his words. And remember, Jesus said, if my word remains in you, so make sure his word is in you. And I wanna leave you with the words of Paul. Just before he tells each piece of armor, and he tells them that in Ephesians 6, 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day. Having done all, stand firm. He's saying, put it on. It's going to be a struggle, but just keep standing. And I just want to thank you so much for joining us and everyone that has supported uh, with prayer and financially, and uh, maybe you've shared this, you've subscribed, whatever it is. I just thank you. I am humbled that I get to bring God's word to you on this format. It has nothing to do with this. It has nothing to do with me. It only has to do with the power that is in God's word, and he can protect you. He's going to hold you up. You've been listening to Requip Ministries, and thanks so much for listening. And go ahead, head on over to our website for more resources. That's requip.org, R-E-Q-U-I-P.org. And you can always connect with me on social media as well. And until next time, we hope you follow the command to always be prepared for action.